Hey everybody, did you know that according to a 2017 study in obesity reviews, about 42% of adults are trying to lose weight and 23% are trying to maintain their weight and that's worldwide. I'm Nico with today's Thought Load and today I'm going to be talking about engineering how you eat. Now, obviously, food is essential for survival. Without it, we would die. Although I did come across an interesting study in the past couple years when I was looking into fasting that the longest recorded medically assisted fast was something like 380 days. But since I wouldn't recommend to go that hard, <laughs> uh, let's just say food is essential for survival. But too much food or the wrong types of food can lead to massive health issues. Not to mention that being overweight or unhealthy can also impact our mental health. Now, before I get into engineering kind of our day-to-day -day diets or something along those lines, I think it's best to take a step back and look at the macro landscape for food production. So in the early 1900s, we had an inconsistent production of food and poor farming techniques that led to the Dust Bowl. Shortly thereafter, uh, I can't remember the president at the time, uh, but he basically went around the country, looked at all the farms, tried to figure out the problem, and realized that I think it was above ground tilling, wherever we're breaking the ground and kind of the normal image that you have of, you know, a horse and a plow moving that soil. That's actually the cause of the Dust Bowl. Now, we've obviously changed some things and there's a lot more technology. But at that time, that was the reason why we had an inconsistent production of food. That's why there was a a huge hunger issue whenever the Great Depression hit. There was just no way to, to produce a huge amount of food on a consistent basis and get it distributed to the masses around the United States. So just keep that in mind. Now, moving into the World War II era, mass production of food was streamlined by the United States, and that was just because we needed it. It was vital to survive. We had to not only feed troops that were going around the world, but we also had to feed people staying in their homes in the United States, running businesses and things like that. And if you do some research on, on some of the things that happened around that time, I remember seeing flyers and pamphlets that I, I believe the U.S. government sent out that encouraged every homeowner to raise chickens plant tomatoes and other fruits and vegetables in their garden to offset the production needs and be able to send more food to troops because we were, you know, homeowners in the States were growing their own stuff. But in that time we figured out how to mass produce food and we streamlined it. And after World War II, we simply expanded that mass production model, but it doesn't seem that we under truly understood the nutritional impact 
of the foods that we were growing or the impacts of a monocrop agricultural system. Now, why is all of this important? Because as a human species, we weren't eating out of a box 200 years ago. For most of human history, we've been hunter-gatherers, farming here and there with different techniques depending on your location in the world, but mostly growing our own foods or hunting our own foods. But when we process foods in a certain way, things happen. If you don't believe me, look up anything involving seed oils. We talked about it uh, in, in one of our podcasts or thought loads, and uh, I recommend you look up anything with Paul Saladino on seed oils because that will blow your mind. Now, that's important because a lot of the foods that we produce in a monocrop agricultural system, well, they, they have seed oils in them. Most of those crops like corn, things like that, that goes into processed food. The majority of those crops that are produced, there's only like nine plant species that are that take up the bulk of what's produced in the United States. So again, just giving you all this data to put in the back of your brain and let it sit there and, and simmer for a minute. Because that plays into the advertisements we see today, the food choices that our parents make, and thus the choices that we may make as well. It plays into the options that we have available, trends, diets, fads, things like that. So because there's so much information out there and because every person and every body is different, I would recommend to do what I did when I wanted to lose weight and when I wanted to engineer my diet. And I recommend that you bury your concept of what healthy food is. Every person's body is different. My body is different than my parents. Your, your body is different than your brother or your sisters. Everyone's different. And hopefully, if you're old enough, you know more or less the foods that sit well with you, foods that don't. And so, at least there you have a, a small base of foods that you know work for you. Now, unless your parents were a nutritionist or one of your family members was, most families don't have the necessary scientific information to make good food choices. So because of that, use scholarly articles, listen to nutrition podcasts, and throw in your own experience to narrow down the foods that are not just good for you and sit well with you, but that you also like. Right? Being, having to eat a diet where you're eating foods that you hate is not going to work. And from there, once you understand those foods, figure out different ways to incorporate those into your diet. And keep using that process anytime you want to try something new. Now, I'll tell you what I did personally and one of the things that I did throughout this entire process, actually, I'll tell you two things that I did. One was I created a spreadsheet that 
I used to figure out all of the nutrients that were in. It was basically a mix of food that I was making. I was cooking either steak or chicken, mainly chicken at the time, in a crock pot, getting it nice so you can pull it. And then I mixed that in with rice and other vegetables and basically made like a rice mixture thing. So I made a spreadsheet to figure out the nutrition that was in that. And that's super helpful. That that means that I know exactly the amount of calories that are in a given serving. I know exactly what's going in there. I know all of the ingredients because they're on the can or it's a fucking vegetable, right? I, I know everything about the food that I'm eating. And I know that sounds like a lot of work. And it is. But you only have to do that once. And so if you sit down and take a look at what you're eating, really go into the numbers and spend some time to figure out exactly what's going on, you'll know for a fact what's on your plate and what's going into your body. Now, outside of that spreadsheet, the other thing that I did, and I'll actually link this in the description as well, I made a document that I just called the health doc, and I used it to kind of throw in all sorts of interesting scientific things that I was hearing and learning from the last couple of years. Everything from benefits of apple cider vinegar to how different mushrooms impact the body or how they impact different diseases, Uh, benefits of cold water showers and benefits of a sauna. Now, I know all of those, some of those things, I should say, aren't related directly to food, but sometimes those things can impact how hungry we are or how we feel before we eat. And so it's not just about doing a spreadsheet and figuring out how many calories you're eating. That's not, that's not the point of figuring out a diet and going through this, this engineering process here. The point is to not only understand what you're putting in your body, but also understanding what your body needs to function at its highest level and figuring out how to fuel that. Because the, the body of LeBron James probably needs a lot more energy, a lot higher quality energy. Uh, he probably needs a lot more things like sauna time, cold tubs, uh, meditation sessions, stretching sessions, things like that. All of that plays into how much calories he's burning, how physically fit he is, how he perceives himself, and things like that. And even though he probably pays someone else to do the work, they're probably doing basically the same stuff here. They're reviewing scientific information, laying out a plan for what he's going to eat, and being consistent with it. And the key part about this is what I just described to you, you know, taking some time to look up a spreadsheet and look into scientific articles. You're not trying to do that all the time. I would, I couldn't do that. That's, that's too much. But if you spend one weekend or one afternoon or a week or whatever time works for you, just to dive into the specifics of a diet that would work for you, 
I'd be willing to bet that you're probably going to try it. You're probably going to stick with it a little longer. And because you've done the scientific research to figure out the benefits of the foods that you want to eat, you're probably going to see good results from keeping that diet. And so like we've said multiple times on our podcasts and thought loads, we're not here to pitch any particular diet. There's benefits to eating all sorts of different types of foods. But there are clearly foods and oils and drinks and things like that that are designed to help us. And there are clearly foods, drinks, and other things that are designed to hurt us long term. And I just urge everyone to give that, give that diet, give your diet the time it deserves. Because without our health, what do we have? Guys, if you like today's episode, please leave us a review. That's how we spread the word and get other people involved in our journey. And I want to leave you with a quote here from Benjamin Franklin. And you probably all know this one. He tells us, eat to live, don't live to eat. Guys, we'll see you again next week for another Thought Load. And as always, begin the duel, win the day.